You are listening to the Bread Truck Monday podcast, a production of High Lakes Christian Church. Feel free to download all the episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or stream us on Spotify. Thanks and God bless. Well, we are finally back. This is season season two. Season two. We're 52 episodes in. Wow. So we are going to go to season two, which doesn't really mean anything. We're going to do a whole year to get to season two? That's right. Right. Well, basically because of the categories, it's going to be season one. So then people don't have to scroll all the way to the bottom if that's going to be the case. I don't know if anybody's even really doing that. But we are 52 episodes into the Bread Truck Monday podcast. If this is your first time listening, we are the pastors of High Lakes Christian Church, and we take an opportunity every single week we can to get a chance to dive into God's Word and talk about life and ministry. Um, But we haven't been around for a couple of weeks uh, because there's been some crazy things happening all over our community and town with weather and those kind of things. So we're going to recap some of that here in just a little bit. Um, one of the things that we're also, we're back into our uh, our group season. So if you are a life group leader and you're going to listen in on some of this sermon alignment uh, stuff we talk about, it helps out with getting a chance to kind of talk through um, what we discussed at church on Sunday morning and everything. So we're really excited to, to, to get back and get a chance to, to share and to talk with you. I got a couple new things I want to do too as well in this season too. We're going to have some Bible trivia that we're going to give to to you two guys that you guys ought to have to answer with the wisdom Uh-oh. and Uh-oh. mind that you have competition yeah it's nerd, be, nerd competition nerd here. competition bible trip. we're just gonna do one question a day but then we'll 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 ratchet it up every mm. single single week um we're gonna have also kind of like a scripture of the week this week uh this season of Sweet. the of the podcast as well getting a chance to really uh talk through the kind of the important things. Do we get to ask you a trivia question? No, no, because we're gonna rotate it. I get to, I get, I get to host. The, the, the host, the host doesn't have to know anything. <laughs> if you ever watch like any of those uh, late night shows, right? The host doesn't know a single thing. All they're doing is just reading down off a teleprompter. That's yeah. that, that's that's basically what they all do. They what do. the producer tells them exactly. Yeah, but we don't have a producer, so see on Sunday morning, I'm basically just reading a teleprompter anyway, right? <laughs> like like all I have is the, my little screen there in the front, sing the songs, Ben. <laughs> has to come over. up with these you know deep theological points that just bring about <laughs> straight off the sermon.net <laughs> we're all, download we're all and roll deep trouble <laughs> yeah no yesterday uh we we dove into the new testament finally for our our, our uh, service and we'll get to that here in just a minute but isaac was gone he uh he left us and went on a fishing trip fine well be that it was way. supposed to be a fishing trip we went to the coast and uh, we were on the way to the charter in Newport and they called us at like 6.30 in the morning. They're like, yeah, so we canceled. So you went on a fishing trip without fish. Fishing, coast trip. Coast trip. Yeah, we stayed in a beautiful Airbnb, like literally on the beach. Staircase went down onto the sand and nice. uh, it was a beautiful view. Ton of fun. Um, talked to a couple old ladies at antique stores about their Squatch stories. That was maybe the highlight. Oh, Sasquatch. Yeah, it's, Sasquatch it's real. Stories. It's real over there. So <laughs> Had they actually seen it or just like hearing like the... the tapping and those kind of things um no visuals one saw like a size 32 i thought it was a little bit exaggerated footprint <laughs> size like 32. she literally held her arms out like as long as she could which she was only about four foot eight so it wasn't huge but <laughs> 32 is very large that, yeah it's a very large a substantial foot. foot so she she saw the actual print she saw a print yeah. did you see that video there was a video recently that was put like going around social media of this train going through colorado and they're like going through the, like you know the hills of Colorado, and there's like this like Sasquatch walking, and then it just all of a sudden just disappears, like drops into the ground. No, dead serious. Yeah, you gotta look it up. It was like this Ooh. being, this figure walking with its arms and everything and stuff, and then all of a sudden just like 
Whoa. Like right into the actual like foliage hmm. that was there. Squatch might be hmm. real. We yeah. used to have a staff person here that believed oh, adamantly. Foaming at the mouth. That the, the, two of them. Two of them, yeah. The, 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 I, was oh, out, yeah. I was outnumbered two to one. <laughs> that the Sasquatch was actually real. I don't know. What do you think? You think you think it's real? You think you have heard, oh, heard yeah. the it's tapping? Just, here we go with Isaac. It's, it's, <laughs> uh, it's a fun story. I entertain the idea of a possibility, but that's mostly just because I like being out in the woods and getting scared. So keeps me keeps me on my toes out there. What would you do if you saw the Sasquatch in real, like like came face to face? What would, what would be your first like reaction? <laughs> would you scream and run? Or the first thing that would happen? Yeah, would be a wet spot. Yeah, no, it'd be a brown spot, <laughs> huge brown spot, and I would be turning turning chonies and getting out of there. For running, sure. running. Yeah. yeah, I was talking to my kids about the idea that, that there's like the fight and flight. You know. Yeah, the old people have seen it though. Say. They say the the the, the first hand accounts. First hand accounts. They say they say that they that they they didn't they weren't af- they were kind of afraid, but it was like this feeling of peace, not like a really. I'm scared a half out of my wits. Hmm. Is like that the, true? Is that true? The stories I, you've heard. I haven't ever seen. You just him, feel like so. a warmth. No, I mean, is you? it true from yeah. the stories you've heard? Uh, I heard like just kind of more like a paralysis, like a yeah. That's kind of kind that's of kind like of what a, I hear too, I'm yeah. not sure if it's like a fear paralysis or a peace paralysis, but they're just like. Wow, what is that? Yeah, really. I've heard the same thing about people that have uh, like, you know, like when you have those like lucid dreams, right? When you're like, and there's like a figure that's like present mm-hmm. in the dream, but you're kind of like awake, but you're kind of asleep. Yeah. That the same present, you you can't like physically move. Mm. That that's what I've. Yeah, heard. I don't know mm. if that's actually. Which leads to the question: Is Sasquatch spiritual? There we go. I don't know. He's well, stinky. I can tell you that. He's stinky. That's, that's in every account. The lady in the antique store is like, yeah, my daughter almost passed out from the smell. She said it smelled worse than weak old hot dogs sitting in the sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> Two strides to get across the freeway, she said. Two strides? Two strides. This was on the freeway? <laughs> Highway. Hi- oh, highway. Somewhere. I was like, what? I-5? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking across I-5? We're talking a six-laner? <laughs> or what, what, Six I mean, o'clock news. <laughs> highway. Highway. So two yeah. strides to get across smelled like old hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I don't think hot dogs smell all that bad. Yeah, it's just a honest. meaty smell. Kind of like a salty, kind of a reused beef. <laughs> Recycled reused, beef. Reused beef. Recycled. Recycled there was beef. salmon for sale there at a grocery store. It was called Upcycled Salmon. No. So I don't know what that is. So they like... they. We decided it was better than recycled salmon, but still... <laughs> Salmon the second time around is, is not great. No, oh, no, we didn't. Okay, okay. I, I, just, I was scared by that. That 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 personally had me. I don't know. I always get nervous about like seafood stuff in general. Just fish. Yeah. Even this weekend, I had some fish we pulled out of the freezer, and it freezer ha- fish, can be and tough. it had like a had like a bloodline, you know, in the in the back of it, which is yeah. is normal, but it looked kind of black. Yeah. So I sent it to Ben a picture. I'm like, is this like able to be eaten? And he's like, you'll be fine. Yeah. And I was like, so if I show up on Sunday morning, I'm just puking on the stage. I'll, yeah, I'll, it's, it's Ben's fault. It's Ben's fault. 100%, Always 100%, Ben's fault. 100% <laughs> Ben's fault. When it comes. Fish is a, is a, you have to be careful with that. In any kind of like seafood style thing coming out of the the water and then just eat it. But the thing is, a lot of people eat seafood raw. You yeah, yeah, I'm yeah not I don't big. think you have to be that careful with it. Really? You don't nah. think so? Nah. I don't I know. I think so. I mean, sushi, sushi is uncooked you know, yeah. fish that you can just consume and you're be, you're completely fine. Yeah. But like, if you go to East Lake that has all those like uh, mercury. Yeah, mercury. mercury in there, that's only if you eat a ton. You'd have to eat like 
six fish a, like every two days out of there probably. You think so? It, it's it's yeah, quite it's, a bit. If you that's eat why it you once can't a week, eat like fish over twenty four inches or whatever out of there because it just accumulates too much in their system. I've heard that sharks are the same way though. That sh- like if you eat shark, it's like got mer- like a heavy mercury mm, yeah. uh, like mm. value to it or something. Mm, yeah. And that's why you're not supposed to like. Well, shark is also like like protected. You're not supposed to really eat shark specifically. <laughs> but I was kind of wondering about that. <laughs> I mean, you can. They have like white. they have like shark soup and all that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, I've, I've I've I think I ate shark once when I was a kid. Dang. Dang, I've had gator. I've not had. I've not had shark, but gator. I heard gator's good. I've heard gator's it was pretty good. So yeah, good. It, well, it's like they kind of do it like in like a like a meaty, like almost like a textured ball that they like put in like panko, whatever mm. they call, like yeah. kind of thing, and fry it. It tastes. I mean, it tastes pretty good. But I've never had shark. Someday. Have you ever had snake? I have not. Yeah, rattlesnake. You have twice. Yeah. And pretty good. Huh? Yeah, totally edible. Just like frying it, or do they like they just grill it? Uh. I just like boiled it in water for one of them, and then the other one. You I did it yourself? It. Yeah, yeah. It did was you, just crossing the road. I'm like, not in my watch. Seriously, chop that thing. You stopped. Clean off. You stopped right in the middle of the yeah. road. Yeah, beat the mung out of it with a shovel. <laughs> T- two strides. Was it doing two strides <laughs> over like the two highway? Two strides across the freeway. <laughs> Giant rattlesnake. Seriously, you know it wasn't huge, but yeah. You, what'd you hit it with? A shovel. In your car, you just like smacked it and then took it home. Well, and- out of my car, but yeah, it wasn't in there. Fortunately. So you just, and then you just took it home and boiled it? No, I just, I was camping out there for a sage grouse hunt. So I just took that for lunch, actually. Dude. Living off the land. But my dad did it I'll once. Tell you what, me, so I'll tell land. you what, Isaac is like the manliest person I know. False. Just False. incredible beard, <laughs> incredible body. True. And, also and, true. And, and, body. And, <laughs> and then he kills rattlesnakes while he's driving down the road and, and then boils them as lunch. <laughs> You know, you maybe camp meat. Yeah, I mean, it's like camp meat slithering across the highway (laughs) over there. What's that guy's name? Bear Grylls. You, you and Bear Grylls are almost on the same. I just gotta start talking with a British actor. But I think Bear Bear Grylls stays in a hotel like nine times. Did you hear about that? Uh Like they they had that show where he would go out and like he would like try to survive with Bear Grylls, and like they found out that what was happening is like they would like go out and like the dark it would get dark and then they would like go to a hotel, (laughs) like fly it, and then they would come. You know that happened. Oh yeah, it happened like all the time. I mean, but he did like like drink like urine of like a, a camel and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, like he, he does some le- legit things. Yeah, but. Full of nutrients. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> well, how about your guys' weekend? Well, um, <laughs> much less exciting. Much less exciting than that, yeah. We, we, we no camel here. urine? No, no camel we urine. We didn't eat any snakes. <laughs> we didn't see any Sasquatch. No, not, not, no. That, I, not <laughs> that I saw this time. Uh, no. So maybe someday. Maybe no, someday. no. But no, it's pretty, pretty normal week. I mean, the last couple of weeks have been pretty crazy here, obviously yeah. with like the weather that we've had, uh, here in, in Lapine and Bend. And actually it's been worse North of us, which is kind of crazy. Bend and, and Redmond and Culver, they still, Culver still doesn't have school today. They have, really? yeah, because of the, they're uh, still under the inversion. <clears throat> yeah. Well, all of that freezing rain is just, just causing havoc, bad, bad situation. Mm-hmm. And so, so yeah, the, this week, I think, was the longest time I've seen people getting school canceled since like, like I've lived here. We had, I guess we had one other winter where there, that was kind of the case. But, man, there was like three days this last week that school was canceled. And for us, like we've only ever canceled church here, I think, twice since I've been here. I don't know if here. I've ever canceled it. Well, we, we had did the, a couple years back. We had the time where, remember, <laughs> this is actually true. Remember the, the snow fell so strong on the schools that it collapsed that gym in Bend. Oh. You remember that? And, and they closed the... Yeah, because they had to like inspect every single like roof and all that kind of thing and make sure that we weren't going to die. And so um, 
No, they seriously. That's probably a positive thing. And yeah. then they were like, they were putting snow blowers on like the roofs of the school to oh, get I the snow that. off yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah, so that yeah, was yeah. the only other time that I could think of where we actually full out camp. Yeah, they were literally snow blowing the roof of the school. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it was D- impressive. Dave actually posted that picture the other day of him on the roof with a snowblower, just sending the snow, launching it. like launching yeah. it off the roof of the, of the high school. But, but yeah, so we had to cancel here mainly because that snow on Saturday just came too fast yeah. and we didn't have the ability to clear the parking lot and everything. And then we had volunteers well, that were yeah, dropping we had a lot out. Of volunteers like, yeah. that were dropping like flies because they were all snowed in. And, yeah. then, and then we were like, sure. okay, so how many people are actually going to show up? And then also, Will we have enough volunteers to actually pull things off? And it was, it was like, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, and and I mean, like, as the church continues to grow and there's like not a lot of parking <laughs> for that yeah. kind of thing, it does become a little bit overwhelming to get that whole parking lot cleared yeah. out and stuff. And so, so we did we did cancel last week, which was really weird. It was, it was like so weird. I don't know. Like I I have obviously grown up going to church my whole life and everything. When you have like a Sunday where they're like nothing happens, that is just such like a strange. At home, like wait, what? Do- what do I do? Yeah. Yeah. It was really, it was really odd because like, I mean, normally even if like we go on vacation, the church, something still happens. Like the church still takes place and everything. There's still a service that happens, but there was nothing, nothing last week. And so this week when we came back, everybody was stoked. I mean, yeah, they were, they They were were stoked to be back. There there was some yelling. Did you? Oh, there was, it was a shouting church this weekend. Amen. First service. Woo! Just (laughs) yells happening, coming from everybody. I just spit all over the place. I'm sorry. That's all right. Um, but but there was there was yells happening first oh, service. Yeah, it was I, a shouting match. Yeah. It was Dang. Funny. Shouting yeah. match. Uh, second second service, not as much shouting. Not no, as, not but as, some. Not as lively. A little, a little a little bit of some whoops. Especially well, when you did the this is my king video. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was definitely some whoops. Oh, yeah, in, people in, love that. Dude, I went back and listened to that whole sermon. You should absolutely do that. Okay. What's I'm the guy's What's the guy's name? S. M. Lockridge. S. The guy's an absolute stud. I went and listened to some of his other messages too. And there's not that many like that were recorded. But like for anyone who wants to like go on Spotify and look up SM Lockridge sermons, there's like one playlist has like five of them. They're all gold. Really? Like it was, uh, it's just insane. How yeah. cool it was. Well, I, I was wondering like as he was doing that, he couldn't have been doing that off his. That's like, what I dumb. was wondering there's too. No, there's like no, did he, he was write reading this it. out. He had, like, he had he to. There's the no sermon. way you could memorize this whole no. thing. Unless and he was no just, way you would be off the cuff either. Yeah. Right? Unless he was just all like alliteration. Unless yeah. he was just like freestyling. Some people yeah. have that, some people have that ability. Like, yeah. but like I mean, because like I was I was watching the yeah, video. Um, I was like, that is so awesome. The way that he like yeah the alliteration. He's just bang bang bang. Yeah, so good. So he had to be reading it, but even reading it at that For those that weren't there that listened to our podcast, it's a short sermon clip by S.M. Lockridge called That's My King. Um, yeah, it's very good. It's very good. YouTube it or whatever. Well, and I was, I was talking to a guy after service and he's like, man, I saw that video because it's old. That video has yeah. been around. I mean, and the yeah. sermon's from a long time ago, but he's like, I saw that video like seven or eight years ago. He's like, it made me tear up then. Made me tear up today. I like get choked up every time. Yeah, I watch it's it. just so dang so good. good yeah. And it's actually there's a longer version of it yeah, too. Like yeah. we just we just gave like kind of the, the actual end of that section. He says you can't impeach him, and he ain't gonna resign. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but the the clip that we watched of it didn't go quite that far into his. Uh, that's my king spiel. So yeah. it was pretty good. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. So, such so such good. a good video, and, and like, you know. <laughs> We're three white guys, but you know when you get a chance to hear just like like a black preacher just go oh, off yeah. like that, man, it's. So I told the good. church first service, your preacher is the wrong color. That's the problem. <laughs> that is the whole problem. Here. He actually goes through Matthew six, the Lord's prayer, or I'm not sure if he uses that one or Luke one, but he uh, he kind of ends with like um, his uh, his glory and power forever and ever, basically. And so he ends with like that 
that's his king. That's his king at the end of that prayer. But he goes through the whole prayer and like gives some nice. really good pointers. Definitely nice. worth listening to. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. So such a, such a good sermon yesterday, Ben. Uh, um, as I told Ben as we were walking out of the hallway, I said, "If you don't respond to that one, you may never respond." I mean, it's just because it's just it's so cut and dry. It's so cut and dry. Who do you say Jesus is? And if you answer that question, it changes your life. Yep. Like wh- whether you say no that he's a lunatic or a crazy person. Okay, then you're that that's your you know focus in life at that point. But if you claim him as Lord, it's going to change your life. And mm-hmm. and I man, I think that the that I was talking to my wife and she was talking to Lindsay Luttrell and mm-hmm. she was saying she was trying to find a moment in the service to go to the bathroom, but it was so good she had to stay. She's like I oh. I, I I I literally can't pee. I have to stay here <laughs> and and continue to listen to the sermon. Oh. So the the chairs got wet. We got we you know we had <laughs> It's a wet spot. We, we had to clean up on aisle four, oh, but <laughs> but that but that's how how good it was, Ben. Just that I said because oh, awesome. over and over and over again, I, I heard that the people were just like, man, that's that. And maybe this is this is maybe part of that is like we've gone through the Old Testament. Not that that's boring, <laughs> but but you know we've yeah. made this crescendo right. to this moment that is Jesus, right? And you said that yesterday, but like that is where we're, we've been striving to get to, you yeah. know. And so now we hit this moment and. It you know it, it's it is this this top of the mountain kind of experience mm-hmm. and so when it comes to to preaching Jesus like that Ben what is there's some ease to it right because because sure. it, it is Jesus but what is the difficulty of that I, without question it's just people's familiarity with it you know there's the stories in the Gospels are just so familiar that it's hard to it's kind of like preaching a holiday sermon you mm-hmm. know a Christmas or an Easter sermon. Yeah, you're going to talk about the birth of Christ. You're going to talk about the resurrection. It's like, what can you say that hasn't been said? Yeah. And that's the challenge of preaching, you know, anything gospel uh, in terms of, like, the gospels, because those stories are all just so familiar. Yeah. But, um, our scripture for the day, so this is our scripture of the week here, is is out of Mark chapter 8, verse 27 and 29. It says, And Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. On the way, he asked them, who do people say I am? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others, one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say that I am? Peter answered, you are the Messiah. And so when it comes to that, I mean, this is just an, an, gold. an, an incredible moment of uh, just Jesus being who he is, where he asks questions mm-hmm. and Peter getting it right, <laughs> you know, in, in that moment. Now, we talked about that a little bit yesterday, that it was it was right for a second. And there's something mm-hmm. specific that, uh, that Ben said yesterday, Isaac, that I think uh, I want you to respond to real fast. But his, his phrase was this, Peter's confession turns into Peter's confusion. <laughs> Peter's confession turns into Peter's confusion. Mm. And, um, and what do we see there? I might see we weren't there yesterday, Isaac, but but what do we see in terms of like Peter's confusion becoming something that, that I think we probably even ourselves kind of can struggle with? Mm. I think, and this is probably something that Ben touched on yesterday, but if you're confused about Jesus's messiahship, you're going to be confused about your discipleship. Absolutely. And so depending on who Jesus is as your Lord, it's going to affect how you obey him as your Lord. And um, for all of us, it's just we we want Jesus to be a certain kind of a person. And when, you know, when the suffering comes, um, when the difficulty in our discipleship comes, if our Jesus wasn't the first person to walk in that suffering and to model that for us, 
I think I'm going to be really unwilling to go through that. But when we see Jesus having done it himself first, um, then my discipleship can model that suffering discipleship of his. Um, And I think that's why it's really important that Jesus followed this great acknowledgement of his identity with the truth that clarified what his messiahship looks like, which is a suffering and a dying um, servant. And um, Peter didn't like that. But at the end of the day, I think when Peter looked back on his life later as a servant of Jesus, as a disciple of Jesus, who would end up potentially being crucified upside down, right? he probably very much appreciated the fact about how open Jesus was about his suffering. Because instead of viewing yourself as a disciple who's potentially failing in your mission because you're suffering, you're now seeing yourself as somebody who's following in the footsteps of a suffering mm-hmm. savior. So it actually changes the idea of what a, a fruitful ministry potentially or fruitful discipleship looks like. Right, the, the kind of the alliteration or I guess contrasting thought that Ben put in there was that um, he's not a self-advancing Messiah, mm-hmm. he's a sacrificing Messiah. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting when you look at our world today so much of our world is how can I advance? How can I continue to move forward? And even when Peter is saying this, he's striving to move Jesus forward politically uh, in terms of what he's describing the Messiah to be. And I think one of the things that all of us struggle with is just, yeah, I want to continue to advance continue to move forward and i want my jesus to be that one who's you know carrying the the banner so to say like ahead of me you know driving me forward but you're right when you shift on that axis and go to this idea of a sacrificing uh messiah it really changes definitely how you view jesus and so ben especially when it comes to that idea of the self-advancing and and sacrificing messiah where do you think that um we as people get that so messed up. No, I think you said it well just a second ago. Um, we think of a conquering white horse Messiah um, that, you know, um, that conquers the nations. And, I, you know, I, I think the book of Revelation does to kind of describe him that way in his second coming. But until then, we're called to be a suffering people. We're called to be a marginalized people in terms of that, um, because Jesus allowed himself to be pushed out of society, out of the city and onto the cross. And I think sometimes we resist that with all of our might, you know, that as a Christ follower, I don't want to be, I don't want to be, uh, set aside as, you know, um, intellectually inferior or, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, I want to, don't want to be seen, um, as a, bigoted person or whatever the, the the label that society wants to put on us. And yet Jesus kind of, you know, says, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. And it's not, it's not an if, like, we're not sure if they hated me. It's like, since they hated me, they're going to hate you. And I think us kind of getting comfortable with the idea that that having Christ as my Lord and following after him is not going to take me anywhere positive Socially, (laughs) you kind of have to resign yourself to the fact that it's very difficult to be cool in the eyes of the world and and be a Christian. And I think so getting comfortable with the fact that you're probably going to, uh, you know, you are going to suffer for it and you're going to suffer, you know, you're going to suffer socially and politically and 
You know, I, I, I just kind of give you one example. I, when I was growing up, I was homeschooled, and I always thought that that the reason that I felt like I didn't fit in was because I didn't run in all the same social circles all the time as all the people that I was around. And I always thought, oh, it's, and I kind of blamed the homeschooling thing. And so I said, you know, I, I, I think I'm going to make a little bit different decision with my kids. I'm going to coach them through this, but I'm going to send them to public school. And so we did. And one of the things that we found was that um, our kids went through a lot of the same stuff I went through. And I came to realize that if you choose to follow Jesus, it's not cool. Mm-hmm. It's not cool. And you're going to be, you are, if you're serious about it and you actually live it out, um, like my kids have, um, they've experienced a lot of the same things I have. And what I came to realize is <laughs> it's hard to be a Christian and be cool, yeah. you know, and that's okay. Like the container that, doesn't matter, where, no, whatever like, no, location I mean, that you're in. Well, and, I, and, and so it's not so much uh, some of those other issues, peripheral issues, whether you're homeschooled, public school, or s- some of those other things. I think it has more to do with, am I living out my faith in an authentic way? And if you are, um, people are not going to like that. Yeah. You're not going to be popular, you know, and you got to kind of be okay with that. So, so what, do, what do we do then with this, uh, yeah. I guess it's a cultural idea or a Christian cultural idea that, that Jesus, uh, came to bring us comfort, right? And that we're it like came, and you talked a little bit about this yesterday, but like what, what, what do we do with that? What, like, how do we continue to remind people that that's not the the goal? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he does give us comfort and peace inside, but um, he he says that he says very plainly that um, a if they hated me, they're going to hate you, and all who want to live a godly life, the apostle Paul says, will be persecuted. You will be. And so I think outwardly we have to realize that um, that we're going to encounter opposition, um, and people are not going to necessarily you're not going to be popular. Um, but I I do think that even in the midst of all of that, um, you have a peace that that cannot be shaken because it's grounded in um, eternal life, you know. And so no matter what this life throws at you, um, you know you have the hope of eternity. And you have peace with God. That's the other part of it that's very not very quantifiable, you know? Mm-hmm. Having peace with God um, because you're forgiven and you're a child of God, man, that's that's a difference maker. Um, and so that's where I would kind of go with it. What do you think about that, Isaac? This idea that uh, there's this comfort level that is... I think it's, it's always out there that people are trying to attain. Now, whether, now whether that has to do with... Um, you know, their, their job or, you know, retirement or whatever the case may be, but this comfortable Christianity idea, we've talked about it a little bit here on the podcast before, but what, what, why, how does our view of Messiah play into that? Hmm. Forgive me if I take us all the way back to Genesis 22. We're going to start in the, in the Old Testament <laughs> just keep moving forward. I think about that story of Abraham and Isaac and Abraham receiving the blessing that was promised to him for like 25 years. And, um, he's now received a land, quite a bit of an, uh, quite a bit of possessions in the land. And then God's like, Hey, that one blessing that I gave you, would you go ahead and like, give it away, give it back to me. Mm -hmm. And, um, Abraham in a relatively peaceful, like, spirit of submission goes up to that mountain and like is about to give his only son back to God. 
Um, I think that's a good example for us as Christians um, to understand that if we have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, and we've been given the peace that Ben's talking about, we can't take the blessings, whether that be comfort um, or the various things that we have in this life because God has blessed us, and we can't take those things and make them our own. Abraham was given a son, but he was willing to acknowledge that a blessing um, given to him by God is a blessing that can be given back to God, and you mm. can't take possession of it. And I think that's important for us as Christians to differentiate between those temporal, earthly blessings that God has given us and our good things, and be willing to let those things go because we have the best blessing, which is um, relationship with Jesus. And mm -hmm. so as long as we have that, as long as Romans 8 is true, that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ that is in Christ Jesus, <clears throat> love of God that's in Christ Jesus, then then we can let go of those things um, and begin to prioritize the mission of Christ and our faithfulness to him over ab above staying comfortable. Yeah. And, and, and I think that I, I again, I, I find myself struggling with that as well mentally because I'm like, man, I, it, it seems like life is hard mm -hmm. and it should be easier, you mm -hmm. know? And, but as you're saying <clears throat> repeatedly, Jesus is reminding his disciples, this is not my mission. This is not my mission to bring about political change. This is not my mission to bring about uh, mm. comfort and peace politically or in this world that you think is going to be um, idealistic, right? And that's why right after this, Peter makes this confession and then he gets confused about And he pulls Jesus aside, as you said, and he's like, he's like, you don't know who the Messiah is, Jesus. <laughs> like this, you need to get, get back on track. Um, and so your, your first point kind of with that, or your, your first point was decide for yourself who Jesus is, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's the, that's the biggest point. Yeah. Of that's kind thing. of the, yeah, the main, the main thing. Absolutely. But your second point of that is a misunderstanding of Jesus' identity leads to a misunderstanding of our identity. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you kind of said that a, a minute ago, Isaac, in regards to the discipleship. Yeah, there's, Isaac pretty much summarized my sermon. I know, he did. wasn't even here. That <laughs> yeah. was pretty dang good. That, that's, how good that's how good it was. He osmosisly felt it from the beach. Right. Like, yeah, <laughs> no, just sending waves way over to the coast. Well, um, there were probably but, waves, but... Yeah. <laughs> well, the, but identity is such a... a a big concept in our world that people continually struggle with, and it comes back to this: their misunderstanding of Jesus. Then it becomes a, a mis of Jesus' identity becomes a misunderstanding of that of our identity. Mm. What 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 does that mean, Ben? And how can we apply that to our life? Yeah, I think the misunderstanding of um, Jesus' mission and his identity, just like Peter misunderstands here and says, "You're not going to die." He says to Jesus, he rebukes Jesus, you're not going to die, you're not going to suffer, we're, we're not going that way, there's a different way. And, you know, the enemy, um, this is very similar to Satan's temptation in the wilderness. All of these kingdoms I'll give you without a cross, mm -hmm. um, you know, if you'll fall down and worship me. So there is a, always a shortcut, an e a quote unquote, um, Satan's easy way to the top. And Jesus is saying, no, this is how it has to go this time around. And so when we misunderstand, you know, I, one of the things I talked about quite a bit yesterday was um, that, you know, Jesus, our concept of what Jesus should do for us is to make our life easier and better. Mm -hmm. um, and we mean better and easier as in less pain, less suffering, more comfort and more wealth. Mm -hmm. Uh, more popularity, more, 
you know, so more blessing, more blessing. And, um, in terms of those kind of, um, uh, self-advancing kind of blessings. And Jesus is saying, no, it needs to go the other direction. Not that you need to be, you know, um, you know, you, you have to be miserable. That's not necessarily what we're talking about here, but you need to be, um, following after Christ and not trying to be so quick to jump out of suffering, you know, and, um, and be, be comfortable with it. And so, I don't know. I think that's when we misunderstand and we think that Jesus um, is there, his messiahship was there to self-advance, then we we go into that default mode because I'm already wired that way. I always I always want to self-advance. And so, you know, you have to, when you understand Jesus as a self-giving and self-suffering messiah, self-sacrificing messiah, that it becomes a lot more clear what my life needs to be about. Mm. I'm following after him. I think Isaac said it well earlier, um, but but yeah, that's kind of where I would I would take it. So, well, and then you moved into the idea of discipleship, right? That if we don't understand our identity as or Jesus' identity as Messiah, we don't understand what it means to even follow him. Yeah, if we're not if if we have a misunderstanding of where he's going, yeah, I mean that's. <laughs> That that's like bad directions on Siri, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's bad directions. It's, you're not going to go to the destination you're supposed to be going to, right? Because you plugged in the wrong address, right? Because really, the the direction the world goes and the direction that Jesus goes are opposite directions. Mm -hmm. And you know, yeah, we've 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 made Jesus into the Messiah we want him to be, um, in order to advance our self self serving agendas. Yeah, you took a little bit of a safe approach when you started getting to the isms uh, this week. You didn't, you didn't yeah, go, yeah. you didn't go full, uh, full force on that. But, but I think that's an important point to bring up, though, is this idea that people start to hijack Jesus mm -hmm. to whatever mold they want to sure. to, to use him for. Um, and and so, how do we? Obviously, we've seen this in our in our world, but. What does that really look like on a tangible level? What what are people doing specifically with these isms that mm. they allow Jesus to become whatever they want him to be? Yeah. Oh, he's gonna gonna make me go there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think in our politics is one one way we co-opt Jesus. And we say, yeah, Jesus, Jesus would be a Republican or mm -hmm. he, he'd be a Democrat or whatever. Or and I think both sides do that to a degree. Um, and it's kind of um you know, it's kind of, it's almost humorous to see it happen, but, um, but both sides basically claim that they're more like Jesus than the other side. Right. Right. And, and I think on the right, um, you know, on the right, uh, people would say, well, my morality in terms of what I think is right and wrong, um, more aligns with Jesus in this party. Um, and, and, and that's pro probably true. And then people on the left would say, well, yeah, but the justice aspect of things and the treating the marginalized well, whether it's immigrants or whomever, uh, is more like Jesus on my side, you know? And so everybody's kind of trying to pull Jesus into my, to kind of prop up what I think is um, politically um, the better way. Yeah. Um, and so I think we do the same thing with... Um, one of the things that I, I have said in the past, I, I took it out of this sermon because I didn't really want people to stumble over peripheral issues. But I think, you know, even things like when you talk about isms, like feminism would say, well, Jesus was a feminist, you know, and he's 
he obviously, um, you know, he obviously promoted, you know, women and, and women leadership and things like that. And it's like, well, yes, he gave women a voice. He, he elevated women, but he wasn't a feminist, um, you know, and so it's not fair to basically take Jesus and cram him into these modern, um, modern, uh, contentious I, issues and ideologies. Yeah. Cram him into those and say, Jesus, see Jesus, Jesus was like, I am mm -hmm. it's like, that's not the goal. My goal is to say, what was Jesus like? And how do I become like him? Not Jesus here, come and support my cause, whatever that cause is, you right. know, whether it be political or otherwise. I've seen going around uh, social media over the course of <clears throat> the last several years, there's this, uh, picture of Jesus washing different uh, people's feet. Mm. And, and I don't know if you've seen that one. It's like he, he's washing Trump's feet. He's washing an LGBTQ <laughs> person with like, like and, and so, and the, the premise is that Jesus is for everyone, which he is. And that, that Jesus is uh, obviously the savior of all, which he is. Mm -hmm. And, but one of the things that, that I think can get very uh, um, clouded in that way is when somebody you're right takes just that one thing of like yeah but he did this for this marginalized people so right. therefore that's what jesus stood for the entire time and all that that does is then puts jesus into the little box right of whatever you want him to to, to be um i remember when i was younger we went to camp right and camp had the the camp songs and then one of the camp songs was if i had a little white box to put, <laughs> put my jesus in yeah. i'd take him out and <laughs> and share him with my friends. That, that, that's so bad. That, that's what the song was. That so Do you remember dumb. that song? And then, then there was the, if I had a little black box to put my Satan in. No, put the devil in. Put the devil to put the devil put in. Your Satan in. Jeez. <laughs> put put uh, the devil in. I take him out and I'd smash his face. Right. I, but, but that song was, uh, you know, cute. Right. But I, but the idea is I think that we're doing that. Yeah, put him in a box. Yeah. We're putting him in a box of this is exactly who Jesus is supposed to be and was. Mm -hmm. And therefore he's going to meet every single one of my own idealistic thought processes or my ideology, because that is who Jesus is. Um, and one of the things that I just get really, really nervous about in life and as a pastor, you know, this is true. I don't want to speak for Jesus all the time. I want Jesus to speak for himself, you know? And I feel like one of the things that people tend to do is they think that they have the ability to be Jesus's voice mm -hmm. and, and, and say what they think Jesus would say, which maybe he didn't, you know, mm -hmm. or maybe he was silent on an issue. But obviously that, that's the case when it comes to our world. There, society begins to change and maybe he didn't speak on a specific, you know, hot button issue that we deal with today. But we can infer a lot of things. still try to extrapolate his teachings and principles <clears throat> and apply them to those situations. Exactly. And the fight then becomes who has the real Jesus. Correct, right. Who has the... The Eminem with the real Jesus please stand up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and that's, that's what it comes down to. Um, and there's been a very concerted effort in recent years, especially to, um, you know, to, I guess, uh, to... to make Jesus a, a, you know, a left-leaning Jesus or a right-leaning Jesus, you know, the whole moral majority with Pat Robertson back in the, back in the day, that's probably older than a lot of our listeners could remember, but I don't even know what you're talking yeah, about. So, yeah. So remember, uh, Ben is an 80 year old man <laughs> in a, in a 40 year old body. But well, I was a kid back then mostly, but Pat Robertson. Yeah. The, like the, the guy, Club? the guy from like the, uh, the Duck Club. Dynasty. 
No, no, no. That's Phil Robertson. Oh, Phil. That's Phil. <laughs> different Robertson. Unrelated. Unrelated One's Robertson. very clean cut. The other yeah. is not at all. Um, but yeah, so um, yeah. But yeah, so, so people are trying to pull Jesus into their political party and say, no, we have the real Jesus and the real Jesus would support this or that, you know. And, um, but I think it's important to understand that Jesus... Um, even if he didn't necessarily address some of those specific, um, some of those moral issues that you want to champion, um, he, the Holy Spirit still oversaw the writing of the entire Bible. And so when the Bible speaks on an issue, you can't say, well, if Jesus, if it's not in red letters, <clears throat> then Jesus didn't address it. But Jesus said, I and the Father are one. Um, and the Holy Spirit is one with God the Father and um, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit still speaks on some of these issues um, through other biblical writers, and and that's as inspired as the words of Jesus. Um, and so we have to um, we have to balance that conversation a little bit. Yeah. So, what do you think about that, Isaac? The hijacking of Jesus for whatever ism they want it to. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting topic, and I just like I'm trying to. F- Think through a thought for the first time. So bear with me. Whoa. Bear okay. with me. This is going to be fresh thoughts. This is going to be dangerous Isaac. and scattered. Fresh thoughts. Fresh thoughts with Isaac. You know, you, there's like those ideas. Fresh like, aromas. You know, shower thoughts. You know, when you're in the shower and you're yeah. like, man, this Aaron is, has those all the time. I do. He I, tells I, us about them. I have these shower thoughts. But <laughs> this is fresh thoughts with Isaac. It's a new segment on our Here show. Go. Here right we go. Now. Fresh <laughs> thoughts with Isaac. Here we go. We fresh don't have any idea where this, this is going to end this up. Could, yeah. And yeah. We, we take no responsibility for what is about to come out of Isaac. This is the disclaimer. Just be glad it's the mouth. Okay. <laughs> All right. My thought here is that uh, in, in terms of like hijacking pieces of Jesus's identity, I think that Jesus may intentionally ground his identity in what he says in the next couple of verses in chapter eight of Mark, where he goes down and he says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up the cross and follow me for whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. Jesus I think may intentionally here not say he, he, he doesn't say if anyone would come after me, let him go and feed the poor. Good thing. Jesus encourages us to do that, but he doesn't say that here. Jesus doesn't say, as he said, told the Syrophoenician woman, uh, and you have to remind me exactly what he says to her, but basically it's the children of Israel are going to get fed first. Mm-hmm. And then you can, and then she says, but even the crumbs from the table, the dogs get to eat, right? So there's a sense in which Jesus even had uh, a central concern for the nation of Israel. But mm-hmm. you don't see Jesus here upholding some sort of nationalism here on the other side either. He's clarifying for us what the core of his message is, which is a s- sacrifice for the kingdom of God. And I think any ism of Jesus, which would seek to magnify some external feature of his teaching, which they're there, feed the poor, care for the nation that you're a part of. But the core for Jesus is surrender yourself, be willing to die and take up a cross for the kingdom of God. And when we subtract that central piece of the gospel and magnify an outside piece, that's when I think we have made Jesus in our image. Mm. Um, It's not, we don't remove those external pieces, but we center the gospel on our... um, laying down our lives at the foot of the cross for the sake of the kingdom and sharing the gospel. And I think that's the heart. And he's intentional about that here. Here's my identity. Here's the heart of my message. Yeah, Do that. Don't make me into something else. 
Yeah. Well, so the oh, you're I, saying what the, I hear you say. Oh, go ahead. So you're saying the openness of not pinpointing specifics in his like actual mission and goal. Now, are there red letters that say do this? Are there red letters yeah. that say do that? Yes, but what are what's the core of his message? And what mm. when he says here's my identity and here's what discipleship looks like, what is the core of his discipleship? Um, and are we instead magnifying external pieces which are good when paired with the center core message, but bad when we magnify them to be the whole thing? Yeah, no, that's <clears> great. I think what I hear you saying is um, let's major in the major not in the minors because mm-hmm. i think that's where you go sideways is when you start you pull one of jesus teachings out and you make that the centrality of who he is which is absolutely not necessarily true it's 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 again it's a self-serving agenda where yeah. i say well jesus agrees with me and therefore you should <laughs> well the social that's gospel so, in terms of caring for the marginalized and the outcast that's that's here you can find that in scripture true. jesus wants us to go out and do that but not at the expense of the overall kingdom mission which is evangelizing people and telling them about the truth of jesus and getting them into the kingdom of god sometimes we sacrifice the evangelism for the sake of the social uh, ism and you so you make an idol out of something unless you keep christ and his evangelistic message at the core of it. Mm-hmm. So how do you get people back to that then? I mean, I, I just feel like there've been, it, it's been so derailed by, mm-hmm. by many of these, uh, you know, social programs or, or even, you know, I mean, gra- very good organizations who have gone the other direction, right? And Where drifted from their mission. And drifted from their mission. Yeah. I mean, how does that, how do you get that back? I mean, there's even churches that have done this as well, right? Sure. They, they drift from the mission mm-hmm. that, it, that is focused. How do you get that back? I'm reading right now the journals of Jason Lee, who was the very first white man to ever preach the gospel west of the Rockies. Okay. So he was the very first missionary over here, and uh, he was a United Methodist minister. And uh, I'm reading his journals, and it's just amazing his fervor for the gospel, for telling people about Jesus, the hardships he was willing to go through for it. And he was somebody who, you know, wanted them to continue in their culture, um, but he wanted to you know, tell them the truth about how they can get to know the quote unquote great spirit with the Bible that he had. Um, and now you see where the United Methodists are at today in terms of their, their fervor for the truth of the gospel. And so things shift, right? How do you get them back? Mm. Wow. Mm. <clears throat> that's a tough one. That's, tough one. That's a really tough one. Well, I think Jesus says, if you lose your saltiness, yeah, your, how do you get it back? Your driveway gravel. <laughs> yeah. That's what you turn into. <laughs> I mean, seriously, driveway but, gravel yeah that's what he said it's no good for anything except to be thrown out in the street and become gravel you know and i think you know we're seeing that as a lot of our mainline churches are dying now because <clears throat> they have gone the way of straight social gospel and they've forsaken the be reconciled to god peace hmm through Jesus. And if you're not reconciled to God, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> doesn't matter how much good you do for others if you're not reconciled to God. And and I think that's keep the main thing, the main thing. And you know, the whole this the centrality of Jesus in the middle of all of this, the sent the core of Jesus teaching is come follow me. Yeah. And when you look at where Jesus went, it was a self-sacrificing mission. And Jesus is calling all of his followers to do the same. So yes, a lot of these social issues matter. And it, and, and insofar as we're self-sacrificing for those things, 
with the goal of leading people to Christ and having them be reconciled to God through him, then, um, then we're doing his work. We're doing kingdom work. But when we leave the be reconciled to God part out of it, uh, our train just left the tracks. So, Right, because then it just becomes, we're just trying well, to make pe- a person a full, a full person. Yeah, pe- people want to leave that part out. Yeah. And you cannot leave that part out or you're still stuck with a sinner that's headed to hell. Mm. And no matter how much good, good you do for that person in this life, what good does it do? Jesus says it right here. If you lose your own soul, you know, you gain the whole world, but you forfeit your soul. Um, that's true well, And you, you ended your sermon with the analogy of the Alamo. Right. Right. The idea of you drew the line in the sand, right, and said, if you're willing to step over this line, we're going we're gonna to go to war here, and, and we're going to get a chance to defend the Alamo. Now, they all ended up dying, which is... Well, which uh, is actually a great model. Great, in, great model, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. It, it is. Right, exactly. It's a yeah. self-sacrificing mission. Yeah. And it's that's a little wah, 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 but Yeah, but, it is a little bit of a downer, but... But what was inspiring to me is the decisive... Um, uh, the decisive action and the willingness to to basically say, though it cost me everything, mm. um, this is what I'm choosing to do. And I think sometimes we we look at the decision that Jesus calls us to, and we say, "No, I'm going to keep my options open," or maybe I feel like I don't have enough data, I don't have enough information. We get stuck in the paralysis of analysis and we say well i google hasn't you know given me a clear answer on that yet or you know i don't know enough about the bible and i love how peter and this one kind of where i landed the plane was i love how peter he had the right answer but he didn't have all the back end stuff figured out Mm -hmm. clearly because his confession um, is followed by his confusion and so it's okay to make a decision for jesus even if you don't have all of the details figured out you know, that's okay. Yeah. You'll grow into that. You'll grow into that confession. So. Uh, the Apostle Paul says in the book of uh, Philippians, Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. Yeah. How many of us can actually say that? Yeah. I can't. Right. Uh, suffer the loss of all things. And count them as rubbish. Goodness. Yeah, pretty pretty powerful words. Very powerful. So the challenge. What was the challenge, Ben? What was the thing that we were calling people to yesterday? Make a decision. Follow Jesus. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Make a decision. Who is Jesus? Yeah. Step over the line. Step over the line. And I I am surprised that no one came forward. I think there was obviously hearts that were moving towards him. But but I did talk to a couple of people at the welcome good. center afterwards. Good. So that was good. But yeah. I just felt like with how I said with how direct it was, it it, it really. Uh, it makes a challenge. The call to just come and follow Jesus. All right, some trivia. Ready for this? Bible Uh-oh. trivia of the of the. I got Bible's closed. We're gonna go easy today, okay? Bible's closed, okay? It's not an open book exam. Where's not the buzzer? A, you, yeah, you're gonna have to buzz in, okay? okay. So whatever your buzzing sounds gonna be, okay? Jesus was the only Son of God. Yes. Okay, but he was not an only child. What were the names of his siblings? Right, go ahead. James, Jude, and Josie. <laughs> no Josie. No Josie. No Josie. There's a girl, right? Simeon, Simon, James, Judas, and his sisters. They're unnamed. You're missing one. You're I'm, missing one. Joseph. Joseph. <laughs> well, uh, jo- Joseph. Yeah. Joseph. Joseph. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Depends okay. on which, uh, yeah, which version you read, because yes. so he had four brothers: James, Joseph, Judas, and S- Simeon or Simon, mm-hmm. uh, that were his brothers, and then there were sisters. 
that were added unnamed, at, at, unnamed, unnamed, unnamed specifically. Not so, not so much for the perpetual virginity of Mary. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there was the family was much larger than just Jesus. Simeon, James, James, Judas, Judas, Joseph, Joseph, of, or Joseph Jr. Yeah. Wow. Joseph Jr. Yeah. JJ. JJ. Yeah. And sisters. Does and it say sisters. multiple? Yeah, it says... Uh, and his sisters. They were never named. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 55, isn't this the carpenter's son? His mother, uh, his name is Mary, and aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Right? They're not... But the sisters aren't named in, in that hmm. time. So Jesus had, had big some... Big family. Big family, yeah. Really big family. And then good old poor Joseph, he ends up dying, and we don't know what ends well, up happening to him. Yeah. Or... Well, that you're assumed you're saying he's he left Mary. You think he, no, no, we just assume that he died because he's not mentioned, mentioned in the crucifixion yeah. or in any of the Later ministry on. of Jesus. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, nice, but a little trivia for well you done, there, ben. too, as well. Yeah, well, Ben, ben gets I, I would give him three quarters of a point because well, he, he got three out of the four, so he kind of helped me with the naming. But well, but I then also he went, preached he, it went, this he, went I Josie. Josie. he went like the elf from, from Elves, <laughs> you know, like from that show Elf. The, <laughs> Isn't her name Josie? I have no yeah, idea. The, the, Josie's in there somewhere. There's, uh, there look is, it up. There is not a Josie. There's not a book of Josie. You cannot look look that one up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, little Bible trivia for you. Like keep it. you guys fresh. So far, Ben's ahead. So we'll, right. we'll keep a running tally right. of, of I don't who think we should do that, is, though. <laughs> I think that's a bad idea for me. <laughs> I don't know. You Love got, keeping this no record of wrongs. You got, you got that quick, quick wit. You're you're able to bring those things yeah, out. Well, this episode is brought to you by the guys over at Ponderosa Pizza and their their men's breakfast that they have every week. I went last or every oh, every, every week, every month. <laughs> I went last month. It was it was a huge blessing. It's good to hear from Brent. Brent spoke there, and he's just Brent's great. He's a great guy, fiery guy. Just just bringing bringing the word of God uh, from from the door. And it was it was awesome to hear uh, Lyman on the on the guitar singing away those you know just great hymns and everything and, and awesome pizza there as well. So thank you so much for listening in to this episode uh, of the podcast. We're going to be back uh, ideally next week. Season two, well, season two, baby. You are listening to the Bread Truck Monday podcast, a production of High Lakes Christian Church. Feel free to download all the episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or stream us on Spotify. Thanks, and God bless.